Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good sunny Sunday morning, um, or wherever and whenever you're listening to this. Uh, welcome to the Tiger Falls Junior Podcast. My name's Brian Roach. My guest this morning is a wonderful lady from Australia, from Queensland. Um, you're going to have to help me with this one. I always get it wrong. Laurie Gadenic. You got that right, Lorigaden. Yeah, that was good. You did it very well, Brian. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Um, thanks, mate. Um, she is an amazing girl. She um, is CEO at Charismatic Productions in Queensland. Um, an amazing dancer, amazing actor, and the creator of a wonderful show called It's a Hard Knock Life. Welcome to the show, dude. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on the show. I can I, I can't believe that um, we've known each other for so long and we haven't done this yet. <laughs> it's a strange time in the world at the moment. I mean, all these ideas start popping out of people when they're sitting by themselves in lockdown. <laughs> so, so true. That were unaccessible seven years seven years ago. Yeah, seven years ago we met at the World Championships of Performing Arts, which is pretty cool, pretty cool place to meet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so an introduction, please, because the listeners in Ireland and hopefully elsewhere don't know you at all. I know you well, but yep. could you introduce yourself to the dear listeners? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, my name's Laurie and I was originally a dancer actress. I grew up dancing. I started dancing when I was at the age of three, so very young. Uh, and performing and in the entertainment industry has always been a part in my blood, always been my passion, kind of never wavered from that. So from a young age, I've just been dedicated to, yeah, entertainment in the industry and Anything I can do in it and be a part of or learn or grow from, I, I throw myself in. And, yeah, I was I actually won a gold medal at the World Championships with you when we were there <laughs> at that one. And that kind of led me to all other avenues to open up my world. I went and trained. Um, I actually won a scholarship to Millennium Dance Complex in Hollywood. So I went over to Hollywood and trained with some of the best dancers in the world, which was a really cool experience. Um yeah, and then from there I actually moved to London for a couple of years and uh, over in London I actually did some more acting than anything. So I went back to the acting roots that I used to do. And, um, yeah, from there um, I moved back to the Sunshine Coast, Queensland. And when I got back um, I thought, oh, you know, there's a lot missing from the industry here. I feel like I could create something to bring work to other entertainers and artists and actors here in my local town and so I decided to write this tv show which is called Hard Knock Life and um, yeah created it with little to very little money and uh, with my husband Jason um, he helped me out and we created this tv show together we got about 100 people involved from the Sunshine Coast locally uh, we did all the filming editing um, the producing the writing I'm one of the lead actresses in it and yeah, we basically put this show together and now it's on, it got picked up by a distributor in Los Angeles and now it's on 11 streaming platforms worldwide. And one of them's Amazon Prime in the USA and UK. 
And yeah, it's on other ones like Tubi and Plex and it's on the biggest streaming platform in India called MX Player. So yeah, that's a bit of a quick rundown about me. <laughs> that is such a quick rundown about you. That was like that that was like I'm on the radio for four minutes. I'm gonna bet like I can go so many places. I know. It was, you know why? Question. It's because it's, it's because I've been doing a lot of radio interviews lately and they're kind of like, okay, okay, time, time, time. We're going to be quick. So I'm like, I've got to really bundle this in really quickly. I forget I'm on a podcast. I can draw it out. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I, this is your podcast, okay? So you can take as long as you want. Because I think you're the first dancer that I've had on. Really? Um, I've, I've you... Um, rugby lads who who like to pirouette and maintain a good <laughs> maintain a good posture, but I think your um dear listener, Larley or Larry, Larry, yep, pops a strict lock. Yes, like <laughs> your your pop and lock hip hop is is almost flawless. I want to say. Thank and I, you. I, I, I got the millennium. I, I saw your journey through there. Yeah. Those, those kids can dance too. Oh, it um, was crazy. I was in yeah. really good company. Yeah, it was amazing. Like I basically danced with people who had danced, backup dancers and choreographers for Justin Timberlake, um, Beyonce, um, Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga's dancers. So um, I was literally training with the best of the best in the world at Millennium Dance Complex, which was very exciting. Yeah, I mainly do hip-hop and break dance. I do break dance as well, which is like the tricks and stuff too. Nice. Everyone nice. looks at me Everyone looks at me and goes, oh, you look like a ballerina. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm more gangster than that. <laughs> you are, and I'm I'm ballet. That's that's my, and I'm like, oh, why are you getting on the ground? That's so yeah. that's so funny the worst is when I go out clubbing with my other dancer break dance hip-hop friends and you know we're like get on the ground and do the tricks and then afterwards we're like oh like why did we do that it was so gross like we're just covered <laughs> in like alcohol on our body now would oh. you not just go to the bar and and just do a couple of developing <laughs> Why do you have to get so sticky all the time? Okay. My first question to you. Yep. Um, my dear friend. Um Okay. Take me back, please. Take me yep. back to uh teachers and education in Queensland, if you don't mind, because I know nothing really about Australian school, etc. I know the yeah. show. I know the show Dance Academy. Oh yes, and yeah. that's my limited knowledge of the step up world of Australia. Um, ah. So, so could you talk to a young gal who's looking to be a dancer? Maybe? Where, yeah. Where are you from? Yeah. Well, I actually um, I started at a place called Rosin Lavender which is in the Sunshine Coast in Caloundra. 
Um, it, the school's not there anymore, but when I started, I was three years old um, and mum put me into dance school because I just, I kept dancing as a young age just around the house. Um, you know, it would just come naturally. It was something that mum look, looked at me and was like, I've got to stick her into dance school because you've got to channel this energy. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I went to, and I trained, I did train um, ballet, tap and jazz when I was younger. And um, I, Ros and Lavender School closed down and I kind of moved when I was about eight. I kind of moved around a few different dance schools. And it was never quite the same. So I kind of decided to when I was about eight years old or nine, eight to ten between there, I um, decided to do self, like the self-taught and basically I would record because back then we didn't have YouTube. Um, I would have to. Yeah, I'd have to. Just myself, I'd record videos like on the VCR. You remember VCRs? (laughs) Oh, I know. It's so old school, but I'd record on that, like all the music videos with the dancing and I'd slow it down and break it down and teach myself the moves. And then um, I decided to start a little dance group with just my friends. So I gathered my friends that weren't dancers and I taught them how to dance and created this little group. It was called the Sun Drops <laughs> back in the day. Were, so you like the, were you the badass of, of sixth form? Yeah, we were. You were like <laughs> a little like sun drop. <laughs> little, little crips and bloods walking around uh, Rose Lavender. No. <laughs> we were, we were, um, I was only primary school at this stage. I was pretty young, but uh, it was mainly a jazz group because I didn't really do hip hop back then. I didn't really know about it much. I did love like Michael Jackson and that kind of style, but I didn't do it as much. Um, but yeah, we performed all over all over Sunshine Coast. We got paid to do gigs and everything. We even came like second in a major dance competition, which is full of all dance schools. And I entered my little dance group in. Um, yeah. What age, and then, what age were you when you were like? I was 10. Dance moms? What? Yeah. Yeah. Ten. I was 10. I was, I was running the dance group and teaching my friends and we were entering competitions and it was against all other all other dance schools and stuff on the Sunshine Coast. So, yeah, it was pretty big deal that we came, like, second at one of them. So, yeah. Um, did you get especially... merch? Did you get sweet-ass merch? Like, did you get sweet-ass merch for, like, jackets and backwards caps and stuff? Yeah. Was the old... we, we were more sparkly, like, back then because it was jazz. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, like, sequence. <laughs> Nice. Everything sure. was sequence and sparkly. <laughs> um, and it wasn't till I got a bit older. I'd had another dance group called Shimmers. You know, you kind of move through the years, you change your dance groups. And then when I got into my teens, I started to, I think I went to a, a random hip hop workshop. I was like, um, I think about 14 and I saw this hip hop workshop because hip hop wasn't a big thing at that time. Um, it was just coming out because, you know, you're getting Michael Jackson and Usher and all that type of stuff was coming out. So it was getting a bit bigger. And I did a mm. random hip hop workshop and then fell in love with hip hop. And then from there, I was then recording Usher and Michael Jackson's VCR videos and, um, you know, playing them back and, and teaching. I taught myself how to moonwalk. Um, I taught myself how to wave and pop. Um, so all that was all self-taught and not from YouTube. It was from watching other dancers like, you know, 
Michael Jackson and, and Usher, who were like my big influences in my dance career. And yeah, kind of self-taught like that. And then I heard about another random workshop, which I was teaching breakdancing when I was 16. And I went to that and learned some breakdancing moves and decided oh, I'm going to teach myself some extra breakdancing. So yeah, that kind of onflowed from there. And um, uh, as a teenager, I used to dance a lot at school and and would enter competitions. We also entered a lot of talent quests with a with another friend of mine, and we came first a few times for doing these cool moves and making up these cool routines together. So, yeah, that was kind of how. Then I was then I was wearing backward caps and you know high tops and the cool stuff. <laughs> bringing it, absolutely yeah. bringing it. Yeah. <laughs> All that's all that's gone through my head—that's that's unbelievable. But what, like, from the sundrops to shimmer, did people get too big for their boots in the sundrops and and break away and, and start alternative, or did you go with a higher level of dance and shimmer? You know what I mean? Ah, good question. I think um, <laughs> I was as a kid. I was a uh, I've always been a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to dancing or anything. So I'm a bit of a taskmaster. Like, so I <laughs> I expect a lot. <laughs> you dropped and some of the sun drops. I, <laughs> I didn't oh, drop that's them. Mean, I, dude. I, I, th- I think they left on their own accord because they got over Larie being like the taskmaster. Like Larie pushing them to do so much and they weren't really that into dance like I was so they're like oh, I'm done I'm tapping out I'm like fine bye <laughs> and I went and get it found some new dance they dropped, so they dropped the sun drops they, they, they dropped I, the sun drops <laughs> and then you hit them back with the shimmer you, you brought yeah. your like bonus. I was like shimmer comes out <laughs> and shimmer was even more sparkly before no, oh, Shimmer's yes. still jazz, partly it's probably funk, street funk a bit more, I'd say. It's heading towards a bit more hip hop, but wasn't quite it. It was more sparkles because you know, it's shimmer, shimmery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was definitely I've always been a hard worker uh, from a young age. And I think I expect a lot from other people when they want to work with me. So uh, yeah, they probably were like, I've, I've learned to be a bit more patient now though, Brian, because I've taught kids for a long time dancing. Like mm. I was a dance teacher myself. So I've learned the patience now. <laughs> Not as bad as I was. I'm similar to you. I'm, I'm so hard to work with. I, I struggle with patience because I'm like, lad, this isn't right. Yes, yeah. I apologize. But this is just where I am. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, and- you want to, you, you work on something that you're passionate about. You want it to be good, like really good. It can't just be, eh, that's okay. It needs to be like really good. Do you think you only learned that in your 30s where you you fought so long in your 20s for perfection that an ease comes with experience or do you think it's self-control that kind of, you can't ask too much of friends yeah I think what it it was for me was when I became a dance teacher so um, I started teaching dance even at the young age of 16 I was teaching dance running my own little dance classes but then um, I moved to Sydney when I was 19 and I kind of took on more dance teaching there I was doing it probably six days a week at one point 
six to nine dance classes a day I was teaching. So I was teaching kids at school. I know it was full on. This was right before the world too, before I met you. It was intense. So I'd be teaching six dance classes in the day. Sometimes I'd go to a studio and teach three more at night. And then after that, I'd be training for the world championships um, back then. So, yeah, um, I felt like teaching children made me learn patience, you know, made me realise, you know, not everyone's going to pick up everything instantly. Everyone are, are different learners and they're all going to take their time with learning something and they all learn it in a different way. Everyone's different. So I think I learned a lot of patience um, through teaching children. <laughs> yeah, and children are kind of ruthless. Oh, yeah, they, oh, they yeah. Like, don't want to be in your class anymore. Got to play soccer. Or yeah. I don't like ballet anymore. Saz. I want to get dirty hip hop. Yeah, yeah, it can, it can. I mean, ruthless, and you're a good teacher, I'd imagine. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I did have I have a lot of little fans. I have a lot of um students that are still still contact me now. I mean, one of them, she's like 21, and I used to teach her when she was like 10. So <laughs> I'm just like, and she still reaches reached out to me, found me on Facebook to say thank you um, for inspiring oh. her and just. It's, yeah, instilling that passion into her and the, yeah, I've had a lot of students contact me now later in life that they said thank you because it wasn't just dance that I gave them. It was like a passion for life. And, um, yeah, I was quite lucky. I got to uh, work with the Salvation Army and um, another charity group and uh, teach underprivileged youth dance. So we ran these programs where we taught children that were had a lot of struggles in life, like either they've been homeless, bad things at home, they're in gangs, trying to get out of that. Um, and we kind of would come in and try and steer them in the way of the arts and the entertainment industry and show them that they can have a creative outlet and, you know, kind of give them some passion for life other than just going down that usual path that they would probably go down if they didn't have this. It was kind of like an early intervention almost as well. Um so yeah, I've I've I know that I've helped a lot of children and changed their lives through dance, which is quite powerful that you can do that through the arts. I think people underestimate how powerful music and dance and you know, uh, painting and anything in the arts is to people. It's like an outlet, it's a it's a passion, it's a way of life, it's therapy, it's so many things to people that um yeah, I think it's a really positive thing for everyone to kind of have a go at something creative. Absolutely. Like you mm. could not have explained that better to the, the TPJ listeners. Because, yeah. I don't know, <clears throat> when I was growing up, I was like, I love rugby, but I also love acting. So I'm going to do both. Yeah. And get good at them. And sometimes... Well, talk to a talk talk to a young guy please, as a dance teacher, who who may be sitting in Queensland going, I kind of like some drops. Give me some sparkle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think a lot of people have some kind of creative flair within them, even if um you know you're into sports and stuff like that. I still feel that you have that in touch with your body. If you're into sports, you can you know, kind of transition that into dancing or, you know, break dancing can be a form of transition that into because it is athletic still. So, yeah, I feel like everyone has a bit of creativeness within them. 
and they just got to choose to tap into it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find that over lockdown, people's mindset has kind of changed as to what actually makes them content? A lot of bakers here in Ireland now. A lot of bread really? makers. Really? A lot of like, well, people who are just like, I actually like baking bread. Gives me an hour to prep the, prep the ingredients, get everything right, and an hour away from, I don't know, negative thoughts or, wow, this makes me happy. I never would have tried baking without the time. Did, yeah. Is that going on, Laz? Yeah, it's, it's been definitely a huge shift in Australia that I've noticed where people, I think lockdown gave people that time to really think, do I love what I'm doing? Am I enjoying my life or am I just working these nine to five hours to get this money to pay for these bills? Like I think people really had a moment to stop and think about what they truly value in their lives. So Mm -hmm. I actually think that lockdown was quite a positive thing for a lot of people. Um, I mean, I was kind of already on the path of knowing what I wanted, but lockdown was positive in the way that I could just focus creativity solely without having to think about, oh, I've still got to go do that that bits of job to get money. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of I think a lot of people had a turning point in their life during lockdown with thinking, am I really happy with what I'm doing or can I be doing something that makes me more happy with my life? Yeah, and you only get one chance at life, so you might as well be content. A hundred percent. I I think you said that so perfectly. I always say that to people. I'm like, we live one life. Like, why not do it, like spend it doing something that you love to do, that, you know, I wake up every day and I do creative things that I love to do. I don't, um, I don't wake up and dread it. Um, you know, everything's always different. I feel like I'm growing and learning all the time because, um, you know, you never stop learning. And um, I feel like, you know, why wouldn't you, exactly what you said, you live one life. Why not we just do it right and do it the way we want to do it and how we want to live? And if you have life. to change, just change. You're like, yeah. And if you, you have to start somewhere, go day one on something, and then you kind of get better after day 20. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If it's something you want to do, just start it. Just do it. Like there's you're going to get better as you keep going through it. And another thing is you just, it's persistence. Persistence is the key. If you can stick to something long enough and do it, you're going to get better. It's just a matter of time and how much work you put into something, whether it be dance, music, creating a TV show, whatever it is that you kind of put your energy into, if you're persistent with it, you will get there in the end because I think a lot of people will start a project or start something and never finish it or never continue to learn or keep growing and that's where that's when the rewards come in when you've pushed past that barrier of learning that and you're yeah if that kind of makes sense (laughs) it makes so much sense and thanks for sharing because it does get harder like the better you get at something the more competition comes so you kind of have to just keep going yeah, you got to just keep, you got to push through it. Like there will be days where you'll be like, oh, why did I do this? Why have I started? This is so hard. But if you can push through those hard times and those hard days, then you're going to be rewarded at the end of it because 
you've pushed through the worst of that. So there's better to come. I feckin' knew this would be a great podcast. Yeah, like, <laughs> we've got it. We're 24 or 25 minutes deep. And it's like, yeah, we just, I just get it. Like, yeah. and hopefully the listeners have heard it. I have to go second question, though, because. Yeah, please. This, yeah. Is, this is just a chat. Like. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's got, go like, super it. Phil. Super philosophical. It did, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, second question. Hard knock life, please. Take me through the idea creation to what you did to get your team in place to how you um, started to where you got picked up. Perfect. Cool. Well, um, actually, I thought of the show a long time ago. probably like would have been almost 10 years ago or maybe eight, eight, 10 years ago. Um, The show is based around a lot of true stories. So it's either happened to myself or my girlfriends or friends of friends um, that have kind of told me stories along the way. And I'm like, that just needs to be in a show like that. (laughs) That's that horrifying or that funny that we need to write that in show. And I'd take little notes along the way in my life. Like, and I'd always email them to myself because I'd have all these little notes that I'd email to myself. So I always had these ideas in my head and knew I wanted to do this show, but I just didn't know how I was going to do it or when or, and um, I kind of felt like I might've needed a bit more experience, life experience um, before I tried to deliver something this big. And it wasn't until after the world championships where I met you, um, that, that was very pinnacle moment for me in my life. Cause it made me realize that I have the ability to do whatever I want to do. Um, and then, you know, I went to millennium and, and trained and met amazing people there. I moved overseas. I traveled the world dancing and being creative. When I moved back to the sunshine coast, I kind of felt like this is my hometown. I kind of felt like it had something missing and the missing thing was, you know, something, a big television show or something creative that a lot of actors that are living here could be a part of. And we have a lot of talent on the Sunshine Coast. Um, We're very lucky with musicians, dancers, actors. And I thought, uh, I said to my husband, Jason, he's a singer, uh, writer, Uh, And I said, I think I want to write this TV show and produce it on the Sunshine Coast. And he said, okay, (laughs) how are we going to do this? I know, pretty much. (laughs) I think he was was pretty pretty good impression there of Australian, Brian. You're doing well. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Yeah, and then uh, he... He, I think he was a bit more shocked that how we were going to do this. And, um, yeah, we, we applied for a grant. We can apply for council grants here. So we got about $7,000 from our local Sunshine Coast Council to put towards the funding to help um, create this TV show. And, uh, yeah, then we kind of were like, well, we've got to write the show. So I think it took me... It only took me a few weeks to write it because, like I said, I had all those little notes. I had all those ideas in my head um, of of stories already that I wanted to share with the world because either they were shock, shocking moments or they were moments where people were like, oh, yeah, that's happened to me before. Like who hasn't had a clingy person in their life? Even if it's not like a partner who's clingy, it's like someone. It could be a clingy I friend. Am, even. I'm the clingy person. 
like I'm so clingy. Ah, oh, are you the clinger? I'm oh. such a clinger. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's so good. But you know what? Clingers show so much love, though. So you're, you're very giving and loving. That's that means that's yeah, what that says we're about you. Annoying. Like if, if if I get a kiss again, I'll cling away. I don't mind. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, yeah, you probably would have watched this um, that episode, episode four, from a different perspective because you would have been like, yeah, that's me. I'm that clinger. That that person did that to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, you're, everyone's connecting with it, with the show in a different way, aren't they? Like either they've had a clinger or they are the clinger. So <laughs> I'll, I'll um, humbly take that title. Um, and it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because it's it's quite ballsy. Um, it there's, is. There's different stuff for different people, in there, for sure. Because, um, from a guy's point of view, girls are looking fat, and the guys, mm-hmm. and from a girl's point of view, they, I, I can't speak for for your gender, but like, I, I don't know if that stuff happens or you, you t- talk us through one of the, the episodes where, uh, oh, where can we find it? We... We're stuck with something's happened. Um, yeah, like what. Yeah, well, what are the first, so the first episode, at the end of it, um, (laughs) something happens. So basically, this guy kind of, you know, hooking up with this main character, this chick, she's called um, Maddie in the show, and he takes her to the room and he (laughs) basically makes her close her eyes and he sticks his bottom in her face. (laughs) And he makes her open her eyes and she's like, whoa, like, I mean, that would be pretty shocking to open your eyes to that right in your face um so that that story is actually one of my friend's stories i can't say names i promise i wouldn't say her name no she will kill me she will listen to this because she's very supportive (laughs) she actually let me film a scene in her bedroom one time so i can't do this to her (laughs) not that scene please not that scene (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't you, that thing. <laughs> you take her right back into the worst time of her life. Oh, and she says that. She says she's like, I almost have PTSD when I watch that scene, Laurie. Like, it's bad. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, man. But it's just so, it's gold because there's so many, there is people out there like that that uh, have that kind of, oh, yeah, you know, I've got her here. She'll do anything I want her to do. Oh, like, no. No, <laughs> that's that mentality, and you know, so, um, yeah, I had to bring to light some of the like bad things that happens in these situations, but throw a bit of a comic twist to it because you know we've got to laugh it off. <laughs> it may cause us PTSD, but we've got to laugh it off. <laughs> yeah, and and like the Irish are quite conservative. Like we we, we wouldn't talk about that sort of stuff, you know. And oh, really? Really? You guys not- wouldn't. Well, I can't speak forever, but it would certainly be a taboo subject. Do you know what I mean? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. But um, we're us, us Aussies, we're just so open. We just talk it's about it. So everything. true. It's so <laughs> true. And like, what about it, mate? This is what happened. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It is what it is. This is what happened tonight. <laughs> I, 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 I thought you were there. You clearly weren't. I thought. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah this show literally explores so many different avenues that can happen in these situations so it's like what happens in one night stands what happens in relationships even on first dates um 
you know, like things like uh, I don't I don't have seen episode three, but you know, someone you know poops their pants on a first date, like that stuff. Like I, I'm pretty sure people have pooped their pants in other situations so they can relate to it. But yeah, it's like one of those shock horror moments that people either be like, I can't believe that happened, or yeah, that's happened to me. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> they could feel um, better. Which, which, which one of the two are you? I did not poop my pants. So everyone asks me because I always say, oh, they're based on true stories. So that story is not mine. That is someone else's. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, sure it is, Larry. Sure. I'm like, yes. oh, what happened, man? I it was not, it wasn't me. <laughs> I would own it. I would own it because I'm Australian. I'd have just own it if it was me, but that one was not me. <laughs> that's that's lovely. If there's one thing we've learned from this podcast, it's you have never pooped your pants. <laughs> I've never pooped my pants. <laughs> I always make it to the toilet on time. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, this just went so far. <laughs> I know. Would you like to take a five minute break and come back? Yeah. I'll just reset yeah, the a... audio. So we took a five minute um, break, obviously, because your voice was hypnotizing me in a teach. <laughs> like, I understand why kids listen to you. Because oh, really? It was like I was just in this like daze of like, yeah. And it, I don't know if it's the quality of your voice or your teaching technique, but Jesus, you had me there. Oh, you, good. You, had, you had me in the first act. <laughs> you, so good. The take five is very important to me. So I'm like, yeah. okay, let's reset there. And act one has come down. The curtain's closed. Like, okay, pause. Well done. Well thank you thank you I know I think it's um many years of teaching experience <laughs> I know how to keep people engaged <laughs> you, do. you do and I don't I use my voice way too much and I'm annoying I'm a really annoying person but you're I, not annoying no you're not no, no. <laughs> I for sure am because I annoy myself with <laughs> But you are a clinger, so yeah, that 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 could be um that could be dangerous for you. <laughs> Such a cling. Maybe you could teach me how to like be the strong side. Yeah, but I think I don't know. That, but emotional people—that's that's a good thing, you know. You just got to find the right girl who wants that emotional thing, you know. Oh, that's okay, okay, okay. My my third question to you because you've brought this. Yep. Up. Okay. How how does a boy get out of the friend zone? Funny you say this because um, Jason was originally in the friend zone, my husband. Um, <laughs> so it's funny because I have a lot of male friends because I do hip-hop break dancing. And, uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, none of them have ever crossed over out of the friend zone. But I think with Jason it was always a bit different because um, – we yeah I think we we knew we had that other connection other than just friends but I don't know I think to get out of the friend zone I think you've got to kind of it's a really good friend I think you've got to be bold and just 
try. If you really like the person and you want to be with them, I think it's just making that bold move and trying. <laughs> <laughs> and you're either going to get a no or a yes, aren't you? <laughs> I ask the question, but let's just run with it. Yeah, I know. I know loads yeah. of boys and they're always coming to me and saying, Murphy, how or what? You, you know a lot of girls. What, what's going on here in her head? Yeah. I, I don't know, but I can ask Laurie. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I think, um, yeah, I think it's just sometimes there's girls that have guys in the friend zone because they don't know how to cross it over, but as well. So I suppose it's like a miscommunication between both people, but sometimes there's a strong friend zone there. So I don't know, you're either going to fall on your face or you're going to be like high-fiving yourself that you went for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, high-five her, hopefully. I've... You don't have to high-five yourself anymore. Yeah, yeah. self-five. <laughs> oh, I know, it's, it's a tricky one. <clears throat> I think we need to do an episode of friend zoning for the show. That's something okay. we should do. We've got season two coming up, so um, could be thrown in there somewhere, I reckon, Brian. Maybe the influence oh. of you. <laughs> you want to fly over first? And it could just be this reckless Irish boy who just brings on no one. We would love to have you in the show, Brian. <laughs> you could fly over and be the reckless Irish boy. But then, yeah, you could do the whole friends friend zone episode because, you know, you said you got a lot of yeah. friends that are asking you questions about it. And then swap, like swap the gender norm, as in this guy just friends on everyone. Yeah, the guy friend zones the girls. Yeah, yeah. Because you usually kind of see the other way around a bit. Yeah, it's the Irish accent. You can. You know what, right? Girls would love your accent over here. They would love it. You got to come over to Australia. I've been. I've been a couple of times. I I did what? a tour. Yeah, yeah. I did a tour in 2013 to 2014 and we got like a January off. So I went from, I spent a Christmas in Melbs and then I went Brizzy down to Nisa, Sydney. My my aunt lives in Sydney and my cousin lives in Melbourne. So uh, Ah. on Sundays, Brizzy, we did a show in Wollongong, which was epic. Sweet. (laughs) You did a show? Yeah, we did a show, just a, a, a touring club. And then we went, like, the, Whit Sundays is one of my favourite places oh. I've ever been. Whit, Whit Sundays is the most beautiful place in, I'd say, close up there in the world. It's so beautiful. I think um, Australians don't appreciate it enough. It's really pretty. It's definitely one of my favourite places. Yeah. Great, great barrier um, down to Byron. Oh, I, I did a bus journey, 17 hours from the oh. Sydney, and it was wow. so fun. It was so fun because we all went out on, like, a three-day boat trip. Um, nice. Okay, so we're for, if we're promoting Australian tourism, where is yeah. your favourite place to tour Queensland or, or Good. Australia? Yeah, well, good question. I think you definitely have to see the cities like Melbourne and Sydney. Um, mm. I love, I love Sydney city. I lived in Sydney for ten years, and just the the city on the ocean on the harbour 
it's just stunning. It's so beautiful. It's definitely something everyone needs to see. And you've got to walk the Harbour Bridge. Did you do the walk on the Harbour Bridge, like up on the top of it at all when you were here? I did not. I did You, you have, to, you have I, to come I back. Oh, you just have to come back now. I can't believe you didn't do that. <laughs> I did the boat ride. I did the boat ride to the sauce in the opera house and stuff. Yeah. Wait, that wait, is beautiful. Schedule. Yeah, well, um, I definitely say you got to see the cities and then definitely Sunshine Coast where I live. It's beautiful here. It's, it is really nice um, beach kind of vibe and town. It's great um, and it's growing at the moment constantly. Um, there's a lot of people moving from down south up to here now because um, it's just beautiful. We're on the water here as well. A lot of nice beaches. And then I'd definitely say Sundays where you went. Um Ely Beach, uh, Whitehaven Beach, all of that is beautiful up that way. So that would be my recommendations. And you did most of those. So, And I had to be pushed to do them because I was so happy in Melbourne. I was like, I'm just going to chill out here. I know. <laughs> Melbourne, <laughs> Melbourne's pretty cool, though. Pretty cool vibe. Pretty different, isn't it? Pretty. Well, I don't know. It was quite similar to Ireland climate wise yes Christmas. we played some nice golf and then my cousin was like right we'll let you go off there now and break down and i did and it was wonderful it was like i saw no sharks unfortunately no sharks really no no great great fights oh that's um, a good thing <laughs> no no big jellyers um, no jellyfish mm. <laughs> in the witch sundays you didn't see any Second none, zero. Wow. It was just beauty. It was just beauty. It was just that's good. Nemo and and his friends were there, and yeah. all these other amazing. <laughs> okay, so we're getting. This is like a phone chat. This is it is like a phone chat. chat. <laughs> we're literally just catching up. <laughs> oh, okay. everyone's like we're Third... catching up on their lives. <laughs> Third question. Okay. Um. Oh, you, my friend, are a CEO. Yes. How do you record? Like, obviously, sun drops, shimmer were there, you're breakdancing. How do you become the chief executive officer of the business in Australia or in your children? Yeah. 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 Well, I actually have three businesses. So Dope. I know. Just to uh just to throw that Sun in drop. there. Mic drop. Sun <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> it was always gonna be. That's always it. <laughs> I think just from a young age, I was always an entrepreneur. Um, like I said, I started that dance group where we were making money, we we're performing around the place. So I've always kind of come up with little ways of making money without having to be in the whole nine to five um rut of that. I mean you know, some people just, like myself, I just could not do that. Um, it just wouldn't have made me happy. So, yeah, just I think with my businesses, when I moved back from London, back to um, Australia, back to Sunshine Coast, I kind of needed money, obviously, to get going and to, to be able to build my businesses to be able to make the TV show and, and bigger bigger projects that I wanted to do. So um, I always did kids' party entertainment 
um, when I was younger. My mum actually owned a fairy shop when I was little and I used to go to the kids' parties with her and um, help mum out at the parties. So we basically host a party. We play games with the kids. You do balloon twisting and face painting and you go as their favourite character. Like now it's things like Elsa and, um, you know, um, Princess Belle or a fairy. So when I moved back from London back to Australia, I there wasn't many companies here that were doing the kids' party entertainment that were local. So I thought oh, I might start that here. I've done it. I'd done it when I was younger. I did it in Sydney to get extra money. I used to, and I did it over in London for extra money. So I thought pretty good at this. I could pull awesome. this off of my own business. Um, and I actually joined um, this program here in Australia. We've got a lot of support for, for small businesses. It's called Nice. And I, um, joined this program Nice and I basically um, got a certificate for in business and they they train you up like if you get accepted you get paid a weekly wage to basically work on your business and you also get a foot certificate for in business out of it which was amazing so yeah I learned like the foundations of what I needed to do you know with contracts and all kinds of things and just the everyday structure of your business and yeah I just launched this charismatic entertainment uh, for kids and it took, like it was a hard slog. It took about five years to build it up. I had to work retail at the same time in a clothing store, um, but yeah, it's now at the point where I have a manager who works for me. His name's Cooper. He's amazing, and I have uh, about ten entertainers that do the parties for me. So I get to sit back and mainly oversee the business. Uh, we're in holiday parks now. We're in. Um, we go to kids' birthday parties, entertain. We do a lot of corporate events. So that's really a lot of my bread and butter money um, coming in now. So it took about five years to build to that point. Um, but yeah, that's the kids' entertainment side. And then I have, during that time, I decided um, while I wanted to create this TV show, I needed a production company. So I created Charismatic Productions. So they're all under like the same umbrella. Um, so yeah, I decided to do a video production business uh, with the help of my husband, Jason. Um, he's got his drone license, so he flies the drone and gets those cool shots you see in the show. That's um, him. And, yeah, we both do videography and editing. He actually taught me a lot of editing and I did a lot of self, self-taught self stuff because things seems to be the thing with me. I like to self-teach myself <laughs> things. Um, yeah, and <clears throat> we filmed the show Hard Knock Life and edited it all um, ourselves and then we started branching out with the business and um, doing little promo videos for other businesses. So we do a lot of work for this big company here called Stockland um, and other businesses like their little promo ones for their web web pages or their Facebook pages and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and that's kind of taken off now too. So that's been a lot of work. And then the other one is Charismatic Agency. So when I first moved back um, to Sunshine Coast, um, when I was in London, I actually pushed my own career a lot over there and I actually got a role on Black Mirror, a little speaking role um, on the nice. Netflix show Black Mirror. Yeah, and I kind of, that was through me pushing and I got a lot of featured extra roles in like the Royals and the Breathe movie and stuff like that. So when I got back to the Sunshine Coast, I got a quite a big agent here. Um, they're actually in the Gold Coast. But I was with them for six months and then one day they called me and they're like, oh, oh, hi, Lauren. And I'm like, no, my name's not Lauren. I've been in your books for so long and I hadn't got any anything from them. Like, 
you know, it is a hard industry. I don't expect to get work straight away, but I found out they weren't even putting me forward for jobs. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I could do this better myself. So Jason and I decided to start our own talent agency and we were just kind of lucky enough to get connected with the biggest casting director in Australia and Queensland. And from there, we just got connected to all of the network of them. And yeah, now we've got about, about probably 50 people on our books for the talent agency, which auditioned for big movies and TV shows. Recently, we had on the Sunshine, oh, sorry, in Gold Coast, they were filming um, Young Rock, uh, you know, Dwayne Johnson's TV show, and they were filming the Elvis movie. Chris Hemsworth is filming a lot of movies here now in Australia. So they're calling the Gold Coast like the new Hollywood. There's a lot of American productions coming here. So it's the best place to be with, yeah, getting shows and movies and connecting talent to those big opportunities. So, yeah, it kind of all goes in hand in hand. We're all entertainment industry with all my businesses under the one umbrella (laughs) that blows my mind like (laughs) you're such a baller (laughs) you fucking don't take no for an answer from it's funny you say that it's exactly so hard to work like i'd be like oh cannot guess true to this one jesus just give her what she wants yeah no no anyway no is not an option for me (laughs) and i was like okay we just go a different direction but we will get that yes (laughs) (laughs) you're not included anymore yeah you're done (laughs) 50 people on your books how do you like sleep and stuff Oh, I don't even know. Like Jason and I are very hard workers. I know a lot of people, you know, on our Facebooks, we do post a lot of, we've got cocktails and we're having fun. But in between all that stuff, we're on the phone, um, like, because we get job briefs come through. We were at our friend's wedding and then we had a little bit, a little bit tipsy at this point. We had a really big job brief come through on our phones um, and we, we submitted a whole heap of actors for it. And one of them got a major audition for this show. So you know, we don't drop the ball. We're always working. And I think it is because we enjoy what we do um, as well. So it's not like we dread checking our phones and seeing if there's a, a cool new casting brief that's come up that we could possibly get one of our actors an opportunity to be in a big movie or a big show because I'm all about the inspiring other people and <clears throat> lifting them up as well and, you know, showing them that they can do this greatness in this industry as well. Um, but, yeah, we're kind of... I think it's just the love of the job, but we work a lot. We work all the time. I know our Facebook may show that we don't, but we are constantly working. (laughs) I don't doubt it. Why did you think I asked you on the podcast? I was like. I know. Because where I kind of see this podcast is, I am inspired by everyone I follow. Awesome. And if I don't understand someone's methodology on socials I follow them as well to try and figure out where they are. I, I think everyone's nice at the end of the day when you get because yeah, you're so house. lovely because you're so lovely yeah. <laughs> I'm, fine. I'm fine no I'm a bit of a, uh, a baller too but I like curiosity and I know that you're a hard one behind this not a social facade but you look great but I know you're like grafting under the water hardcore <laughs> as well 
do you think do you think in order for people to be inspiring on socials you have to work on yourself first and show that it's possible and then and then represent with honesty or do you think the honesty kind of comes with working on yourself I think it's a bit a bit of both really isn't it um uh you've got to definitely work on yourself and um and who you want to be and be proud of who you are and and confident in who you are and what you do to then inspire other people. Um, I feel if you're going into something half-heartedly or you're not quite sure about yourself, then I think it's hard to inspire other people because they can sense that from you. Um, I also believe that, yeah, being in, in your 30s, and I'm in my 30s now, I feel like I've got uh, I feel like I really know who I am and where I want to go. I think in my 20s was a lot of I want to do this but I'm, I'm still not sure about myself. Oh, do I have enough talent or do I have enough to do that? But now in my 30s I'm kind of like I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm just going to go do it. Like the, the sky is not even the limit for me anymore. I'm just <laughs> I'm just on this whole other thing. It's just, yeah, I can't even explain it. I think it's being confident with yourself and who you are and your talents and your skills and knowing that, hey, I might not be able to do that right now, but I can learn and I'll master it. And, yeah, everyone can do that. Everyone can do that. Yeah, like what we say on rugby pitch, if Craig Cooper is kicking a, a big ball in rugby, he's done it before. Kind of back yourself. Or, or AFL. I, I don't know if you're into it over there, but like, got a back yeah and you're only 30s what's what are you like we'll have this chat about 20 years probably listen to the recording again it'll be like vhr it will be yeah (laughs) but we'll be like we didn't know it's happening it's gonna happen we'll put it out there then president of mars <laughs> then the hollywood of queensland president of mars yeah that sounds good to me <laughs> okay my fourth and final question if you'll allow me yeah i'm torn between music and love i'm gonna go music if that's okay yeah yeah go for it what? What is on your playlist? Your Spotify. And if you want to bring love in there, I- I'm happy to watch fun of it too. Yeah. This, well, this, yeah. this, is, this is where I, I take control of the obscure kind of awesome. Awesome. Well, my Spotify playlist is a mix because, you know, there's the hip hop gangster Lurie. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, and then like, I've got to have my top 40 in there. So, um, I'm a, a huge lover of Ed Sheeran as well. I mean, who isn't? He's an amazing songwriter and singer, mm. so talented. But I do have my Beyonce in there because, you know, <laughs> oh, shake it, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah and i got to have, yeah, oh, gosh, i got to, like, bring up my Spotify list to have a look. But uh, you know that my um, husband's a singer, so he's got to be on my playlist, of course. <laughs> 
Jason Fakera. Yeah, he is. He hates it because we'll be in the car. We'll like, I'll put his song on in the car and he's like, oh, no. (laughs) He doesn't want to listen to himself. (laughs) I want to listen to him. He's got a beautiful voice. Yeah. And at the Worlds, he was was such a good singer-songwriter. Like, um, dear listener, Jason, he's a good plucker. He's a good plucker of the OG. Yep. Jason um, Fakera. Got to listen what, what, to him. What three, what three are we listening to? What's that? What three What three songs are in your Oh, pop? so I would say I love Maybe Someday. He's created a new one called For You, which is really good. Um, that's his is new. It for you? For you? For me. It was for, for it? me, that one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be on my top list then, doesn't it? <laughs> Unless it's shite. <laughs> yeah, unless it's bad, then, then I wouldn't be Jeez. claiming it right now. Jason. Jeez, you're so clingy, man. <laughs> yeah, you're so <laughs> You're the clinger, Jason. <laughs> oh, he's going to be like, oh, no, brilliant. she didn't. He's yeah, he is. He's Considering crafted tonight. He is. <laughs> Considering one of, the, um, one of the episodes, the clinger story is one of the stories that happened to him. A girl oh. did that to him. I'm going to give you a hint. It was the school teacher one. <laughs> You'll oh, know which one. Dear. She did Jeez. exactly that to him. Not him. She did that to him. But um, Jeez, yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. But actually, Jason's music's on the show too, you would have heard as well. I don't know. Maybe Sunday for you. And, and just for a while is a good one. With school teacher? No. Yeah, you got to check check him out. Check him out. He's he's really good. Well, actually, also my brother is a musician as well. My eldest brother, so talent. He's a yeah. Shouting at your family. Yeah. Shout out to the family. (laughs) He's him and his wife have a um, have a band together called Dubberay. It's really cool music. Um, Yeah, so you got to check that out. Actually, if we're talking about music now, I don't know if you've seen the latest on my Facebook. It's just been shared, but I am about to launch a DJ duo called Top Deck where I'm DJing with a friend of mine who's a really amazing DJ in Australia. Um, His name is Duke. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be launching this. He he taught me how to DJ. So this is like I'm saying, you got to keep going with your skills, learning new things. So we DJ, we dance together. Um, we're actually going to be headlining a festival called the Moon Festival in a couple of days. So on the beach, which would be really cool. I'm trying to take notes here, but there's, there's too, there's I'm, I'm talking too fast. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm just like top deck DJ, W or A. Okay. Dubber A. Yeah, my brother's oh, band Dubber A. So this is the question that I've asked quite a lot of guests. Mm-hmm. It, it's a toughie. I'm, I'm torn between favourite Disney movie and why, but then you have to go through the Oscars, like best baddie, best song, best. But I favourite artist, musical artist from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, like, where does Laurie Cadena stand? Favorite artist of the day. 
Oh, this is a really hard one. There's so many good Such artists. I mean, so. I I love Usher <laughs> and Craig David. Um from so, they're probably so more of the two thousands. No, yeah. that's fine. Like MJ okay, like Michael Jackson has to be in there. Seventies. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Seventies yeah. or eighties? Eighties, nineties. Eighties. Okay. MJ, um, I don't know. Fifties. You're kind of looking at Elvis, Billy yeah. Holiday, Jazz. Where everyone, sixties, wherever you want to go. Yeah, gosh, you're really throwing me in the deep end with this one, Ryan. <laughs> I don't know. I like so much music. It's just crazy to pin. And you're a dancer too. I apologize. Music is everything. No, because I've danced. Yeah, music. There's. It's very important. But I think for me, more growing up and everything, like I was dancing to like Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson back in the day, um, a lot. And then moving into my teens, I was more into Usher and Craig David. They're the ones I had posters of in my room. <laughs> um, yeah. Such an influence. But, yeah, I'm trying to think of 50. I mean, um, if I go back when I was really young, my mum used to have a vinyl player and she used to play um, Uptown Girl. You know that one? Um, we used to dance and sing to that. Yeah, yeah. We used to sing to that a lot. Oh, and um, For the Longest Time, that oh. one, that song, that's like our family anthem. We just, whenever we have like special occasions, that song is sung. We all sing it together. It's pretty cool. Oh, for the longest time. Yeah, that one. I love it. <laughs> 60s is a top call. Mm. Who are you looking at? I don't know. Got, I don't know. You got it. Who's up? The Beatles, Stones. And, Gotta love the Beatles. Yeah. Um, Pet Shop Boys. Who's Australian? Do you know what I mean? Like, I love Aussie music and I have no idea of your. I know Nick Cave and Kylie. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. Like, yeah. I'm like, Having a quick look because I can't even think right now. Who, Who would... is the upcoming artist of the 2020s? Right now? Yeah, I, I'm in your top 50. In, in Australia yeah. or just just yeah. that I love? It's on you. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Mm. Trying to think. You've really put me on the spot here. I haven't even thought about music. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a big lover of Lady Gaga as well. I think she does amazing stuff and she's always bringing out awesome music and evolving. Dance. Yeah, That's she's evolving. And she's, yeah, she, she's evolving, she's changing. I mean, Ed Sheeran's always amazing as well. Um, yeah. I don't know. But if you're I really pushing out Gaga for Ed Sheeran, like it, it's so hard. It's so hard. Beyonce is in there towards the end. Yeah, Beyonce, Britney, man. I... Oh, who? Which? Who didn't love Britney? She was amazing. 
I'm that sorry. Hip- I'm sorry I threw in music. I, I would have gone low. <laughs> New music will be more difficult for you. It is. It's funny because there's so much. I love a lot of stuff, but then like putting on the spot to think about my favorite. I don't. I'm not one of these people that goes, "That's my favorite song" or "That's my favorite artist." Because I like, I like artists, but then I like multiple different music. Like sometimes I might like certain songs that they've done and maybe not others. Or yeah, I don't know. I, a wide range of music that I like, so it's a hard one <laughs> to pinpoint. I can take you back to 1780s if you want. You can go Mozart, Beethoven, Percy. But, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't do that to it's, me. <laughs> I won't. It's just such a running topic of the podcast for some reason. Oh, it, is I, it? Like, do you listen to certain songs before going into film or before going to bed or when you get up? Yeah, 100%. Like, I listen to, um, like I said, I used to listen every night when I would go to bed to Craig David. Out of doubt, he was he was the the bee's knees for me in high school. And Usher, <laughs> they were like my main two. Um, yeah, I I just listen to a range of stuff now. Like now DJing, I kind of got to know all the top forty stuff, and that's kind of like my focus now. Um, mm-hmm. Is having to make sure I know. I didn't realize you DJ that you yeah 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 so yeah that's that's a new thing that's that's new <laughs> I'm doing my first show headlining a festival in on the beach um in two days so oh, yeah damn it why haven't I in Australia I would love yes. to be on a beach listening to you DJ <laughs> you would love it and I'm dan- we're dancing as well so we do a bit of dancing and DJing. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And the the backdrop, the the stage is literally on the beach and the backdrop's the ocean. So it is so, it's going to be awesome. But it's my first show DJing. Yeah, like where where and when? Sorry? Where and when? Which beach? Where? Okay, so it's in Queensland, Mooloolabar Beach. On Tuesday, the 21st of September, we'll be on at 7.30 p.m. So... But they're having it's actually for this um, Chinese festival. They're running in like a moon festival. They're gonna have a big glowing moon on the beach and everything. It's gonna be amazing. I've got my kids entertainers gonna be down there entertaining the kids as well. So it's going to be a really cool event. Oh, I saw a video of Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, were you on a bouncing castle or? Oh yeah, so that yeah that was um. Cooper, that's my uh, manager of my kids' entertainment. He, yeah, he'll be down there doing kids' entertainment as, as Captain Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> the kids love him. They love him. He's like a, a magnet. <laughs> I instantly fell in love with his with his aura. It was it. Um, okay. Final thing. Yeah, I have to be complimentary of you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's, no worries it's so Thanks. lovely on a sunday to chat to australia to chat to Darlie. anything else that you want to get out there or yeah mainly just um uh yeah jump on and watch our show um the more views we get with hard knock life the the more traction we get with it 
the better we can do, the more seasons we can make. Um, we just signed with a producer just recently for the show, so we're about to make season two. It'll be bigger and better. We're actually bringing on possibly, fingers crossed, some big Australian actors that might be going to come on and do a little bit guest appearances. So, um, yeah, please jump on and watch our show, jump on our Facebook, like our pages and comment, send us a message if you liked it, what was your favourite episode and stuff. Like we love to interact with everyone all over the world. Um, We get a lot of messages from people in America and a lot of people from India as well. So um, it's really funny though. It's taken off more overseas than it has in Australia, which is really interesting. So I think think people like Aussie humour overseas. I certainly love the Aussie humour because it's ballsy and honest. And it is. And yeah. as I say, I, I'm quite conservative in nature. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, ooh, that's a bit risky. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you would have been blushing through the whole show then, Brian. <laughs> no, if I take on a different character, then I do it. But, like, as I... Brian, ooh, Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What 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 one bit of advice would you give to a young Larry? What advice I give to people? Or to yourself or or to young Larry. Well, yeah, to someone who's looking at you going, This girl is such a cool man. (laughs) But how do I get to that level? I have this saying that I've grown up with my whole life that my mum told me. Um, she's she's such an amazing woman. I've, I wouldn't have been half of where I was without her. But it's you dream, you believe, you create, you succeed. So you need to dream about something, believe in yourself and in what you want to do, create it, and the success will come. So you need to have belief in you and your talents and your skills and just shoot for the stars like and if anybody tells you you can't do that which we all get told as creatives many times just ignore them because they're wrong uh you can do whatever you want to do in this life you have just got to try and push for it and persist that would be my advice (laughs) miss kadeni Larry, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that you reached out to me and took the time to, yeah, have me on your show. This is awesome. It's good to chat with you too. It's been a while, so we needed to catch up. I feel like we caught up well. I do. (laughs) There's so much about you that I didn't know before the chat. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of blown my mind. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, hopefully I uh, caught you up on everything. So next time we uh, see each other, hopefully it's in person and we can um, have a drink on the beach or something when you come visit us in Australia when all this crazy coronavirus stuff is over and done with, hopefully. Yeah, and likewise, if you're ever making a trip over this way, it's a show because you're more yeah. than welcome to like rain and beautiful fields of Ireland if you want to. 100%. Actually, it's one place I didn't, when we were overseas, we didn't get to Ireland. I was on my way, we were on our way to there and um, 
I then got called in for that role for Black Mirror. So we were driving up from London. We are going to drive up. And uh, and then, yeah, I had to turn around and come back. So it was one place that we didn't get to. So it's definitely on my bucket list. I need to get back over there and visit you now too. <laughs> please, please do and bring that wonderful husband of yours. Uh, I will definitely. And you've got to come <laughs> here and stay with us. We've got to, we're, we're just building a new place. So you've got to come over and um, stay with us when you can. And um, we can show you around all the parts you didn't see of uh, Australia, all the oh, cool beaches and the sunny coast. With pleasure. With absolute pleasure. Darling, awesome. thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We'll stay in touch too. We'll make sure it's yeah, not I'll, so far apart and <laughs> we chat. I'll give you a wee buzz after just to say how it go, but thank you again. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye, Bye. Have a good bye. bye, bye. bye. <laughs>